what's so cool about being a Tyler fan is that I feel like everyone's had a different entering point for when they started appreciating his music. Example for myself, it was back in 2013 with Wolf. For yourself, I know it's 2017 with Flower Boy. But when you have to look at the grand scope of things, Tyler has a huge catalog that could be appreciated from any sort of standpoint. Then when I was going back in for the notes of this podcast, it was very interesting because it took me back down like a trip of memory lane where I was like, man, it's been a while since I've bumped this and this is low-key essential to his rotation and if you want to get into his music. So in today's episode, guys, we're going to be going through the most essential Tyler songs and he has a lot of projects, there's a lot of material, so we're going to be narrowing it down to, I believe, 20 songs today, right? Yeah, something along those lines. So listen, guys, if you are enjoying the audio podcast, drop us a review, five stars, if you do enjoy the experience and if you don't, well, just be honest, I mean, anything helps, but let's dive into this, bro. And let me ask you something, actually, before we dive in, I think it's going to be an interesting question. Um, What got you into his music musically if that makes sense to you what was the first thing that grabbed your ear from tyler's sound where you're like oh shit like i'm invested now the first thing that grabbed me it was probably you know one of the singles for flower boy if it was 9-11 mr lonely or who that boy those were the songs where i was just captivated by how layered his compositions were how rich they were and that's when i really got to see how talented he was as just a curator, as someone that, you know, arranges music. But I think that Tyler is the perfect artist for us to start this series of the most essential uh, songs from a particular artist just because he's always been someone that's been provocative, that's been rebellious, who's never followed the prototype of what a rapper could be or should be. And he's never given a fuck about, like, which direction hip-hop is going into. And that's what makes Tyler so interesting is that he's someone that sort of creates new boundaries and really isn't afraid to be his own artist so let's get started with uh, the first one that i brought in and it's actually yonkers and of course this is the song that really made tyler pop off and i think that this one's essential just because this is a song that gives you an inside look into what tyler's essence as an artist was like in those early stages of his career like you look at that music video and how controversial it was i mean you had tyler fucking eating a cockroach you had tyler Um, cussing out Bruno Mars and a bunch of celebrities. You had him hanging himself by the end of the video, and the whole time you're like, this is not something that, you know, I sort of relate to, but it's something that I can't get my eyes off of. As a 13-year-old, it almost scared me as a record. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I was low-key frightened by the music video and the pitch black eyes and the black and white aesthetic. But what's so cool about this song, too, is that I think he made this beat in, like... Eight minutes. Eight minutes. He put no effort into it. Apparently, it was a parody of, like, 90s East Coast But you know what's cool about about this song is that if you go throughout the rest of his discography, this is obviously a reference point for a lot of his material. Like, he often talks about how he dislikes likes the song how he feels like he had to live up to a certain stature after he dropped the record because it obviously went viral and if you guys are familiar with the goblin storyline and how this interconnects into the storyline of you know tyler's discography it is a huge point it's basically him you know being in yonkers in new york and I don't want to spoil the rest for you guys. I mean, enjoy the record. But I mean, really, it is an important piece to his catalog. That's yeah, for absolutely. Sure. I think it's one that uh, just established the type of artist he was at the time. And I mean, listen, besides that, the beat is nightmarish. It's fucking sinister. And Tyler found the right pockets. Even though I don't like, even though what he's saying is super jarring, there's definitely a way to sort of be moved and captivated by the record. So I thought that was an essential pick, but what do you got for us? Well, listen, I think my next pick is actually going to follow up quite nicely because I brought in Bastard on Bastard, which Mm. is the introduction track. And what's cool about this song is that you were talking about the essence of Tyler, and this is 
Loki, like the purest form of Tyler you could get, bro. This is nine verses completely, and this is him going back and forth with the fictional therapist that is within uh, within Bastard, Doctor T, and. This is sort of like the jumping off point for Tyler because he even had to say this in Goblin. He said, bastard intro, how the fuck am I going to top that? Like, this is Loki, one of the most impressive cuts out of his early discography. And I feel like if you want to fall in love with Tyler's, um, let's say, story building and the way that he's allowing you to immerse into a different universe and, you know, just understanding where his creativity is at, this is the best song to go into, especially from Bastard. Like, yeah. it's also a nice introduction into Bastard because it's a better project than goblin in my opinion low-key yeah you know? i think i think it is a better project than goblin but i feel like that whole era of tyler just has not aged the best but you do have certain gems within those projects and i'm gonna bring one later um but yeah do you think that like the bastard the self-titled song is maybe top five from like that goblin yeah, bastard absolutely. era it has to be okay. i mean like that was really what got people at like sort of focused on Tyler's music and I was also reading some like old fan comments on the song and stuff and people were fucking with Odd Future as a whole because of this track because this was super revolutionary for what anyone was doing like you had this sort of like grimy taint on what Eminem was doing with Relapse which was really never seen before and people kind of were like oh fuck what is he going to bring next into his music so that's why I thought it was important to bring, to bring it to this yeah. episode you know? yeah absolutely fire um, the next song is one that I know you love in particular and that's Massa off of Call Me If You Get yeah, Lost and song. Um, easily one of the best songs off that album it is and the it's best just song. Um, it's one of those songs where Tyler's kicking game and you get to learn so much about him. I feel like he's sort of showering you with all of this insight about the experiences and the moments in his life that got him to where he's at now. And that's sort of the journey that he's taking you through this song, sort of telling you why you got an album as shifty as Cherry Bomb. It's because that's when he was going through puberty at the late age of 23 or even talking about experiences he had with Pharrell when he took a trip to Italy and how a conversation he had with him in the studio made him directly want to make an album like Flower Boy. Um, not only that, but I just feel like he's really letting you know that you should be feeding whatever gives you the most joy in life. And that's what he was able to do. And also just rapping about getting out of your comfort zone, about how his most valuable possession was his a passport game, in life. Yeah, and it's just, it's one of those chill songs that you can just sit down and think, bro. And sort of be carried by this wavy, chilled out production and have Tyler spit some game. And you don't often get those types of more mature and serious songs from Tyler. If he's either being frantic or chaotic or maybe giving you something that's more love centric. Those are always, you know, great approaches from Tyler. But this one is an approach that I really admire. And Mass is one of the best to highlight that side of Tyler. Oh, absolutely. To me. I think that's what Call Me If You Get Lost did well as a whole was just being able to expose you to like the mature Tyler, you know, yeah. the one that's in Geneva, Switzerland, enjoying, you know, cocktails with DJ Drama and just kicking his feet up and enjoying the fruits of his labor, you know, and sometimes you need to do that. And I think that's what Massa accomplished as well. So I think that's a W pick, but let's go on to my next one. And I'm actually going to go to Goblin for this one. Okay. And this is She with Frank Ocean. And this is what I fuck with about this song, all right, is that if you want to get into the horror core, let's say, of Tyler's music, this is a great way to do it because, bro, the aesthetic and the sound of the track fits nothing with the yep. content matter. I can't even talk about the content matter live on this podcast because it's just, it's jarring. It's very, very graphic, but 
It's like he takes this Kanye West touch of production and like, let's say, a flashing lights and blends it in with like, let's say, a relapse sort of content matter. And that's what works so well with she. And I also love Frank Ocean's first verse on this song, bro. I think it's goaded. And I was also reading more about their collaborations. And apparently they actually never planned the collaboration, which is fucking cool. Apparently everything they've ever done, like, let's say, 9-11 or even this was always in the studio. So I always found that interesting. But yeah, if you want to go into the song based Basically, I would say like the cliche like sort of way to put it is like it's this over like let's say over jarring romantic story where like they're so obsessed about this girl that they're willing to really go to lengths to be able to be with her and that's where you're going to start to be able to follow the content matter and I think that it's a good jumping off point for Tyler, especially within early into his music, because it's a lot softer of an approach. It's yeah. like, oh, okay, you're starting to see what he's doing now. This is not a Yonkers type of record. Yeah, so. I mean, like you were saying, it's like a creepy stalker type song, but do you think that like what makes the song so important and so essential to Tyler's catalog is the fact that you have that juxtaposition of like, this content matter is super dark and super vulgar, but it's mixed in and sort of packaged in this beautiful way. Like, do you feel like that's why the song is as great as it is to you? Absolutely. Okay. That's such a strong point okay. as well, because I'm going to be talking about other songs on this list that have that it's that sort of same artistic technique, if I could put mm. it that way, where Tyler is, is kind of playing on both sides. where Playing with the, your emotions. Exactly. Yeah. The, the Either the production could be super up uplifting and bright, but yet you get into the content matter and it's super dark and it's almost disturbing to a certain extent, you know? So that's why I wanted to bring in she um yeah man it's a great song I mean it's hard for me to like listen to anything off a of goblin or bastard for the most part but I'll catch a mood every now and then but um I'll move on with another song that I think is really cool from early Tyler and that's Colossus off of wolf and this is a special one just because when you're looking at Tyler's knack for storytelling that's an aspect of his music that doesn't get too much light and it's not really an area or an avenue that he explores all that often but it's always good when but he when does he it. does it it's fucking special and a lot of people sort of harp this next to something like an Eminem stan just because you're dealing with that celebrity obsession theme and I feel like this is much funnier than Stan. Like this there's is a comedic light. To there's it. a lot of comedic light to it. So the story is like Tyler being at Six Flags, and it really sort of focuses on this one interaction that this fan has when wanting to take a picture with Tyler, and he starts going on this rant about how like he relates to Tyler so much because, um, you know. He, he didn't grow up with a father the same way that Tyler didn't grow up with a father. And he sort of gets deeper and deeper into this explanation um, about how he feels his personal connection to him and how he has like a poster on his wall on his wall of Tyler's face with like his mouth cut out so that he can abuse the picture in ways <laughs> that I'm not going to see on the podcast. But I just found it hilarious because while this guy's going on the rant, you have Tyler in the background being like, yeah, okay, like, okay, let's get this picture, like, taken. Like, he's adding this funny sort of background to the story. And not only that, but it's just cool to see how realistic this perspective was from Tyler because imagine how sort of, you know, fish out of the tank that must be for Tyler where just out of nowhere you've blown up and now you're trying to enjoy a day and you just sort of dealing with these fans that are overbearing and that you have this concept of a one-sided relationship where they feel like they, they know you so well and you just kind of, you know, feel like you're being harassed because 
you're having interactions it's with a cool, strangers. It's a cool concept of the song. Yeah, and especially it is. in the context of Wolf, I just I like how he used to throw in those personal sort of like emotions that he was feeling, but he always put them into the spins of the album narratives, and that's yeah. what I think is so cool about it. And yeah, you're right. I think Colossus is essential to any listenership, especially to understand more of like the character building and like the emotions that go behind a lot of like these characters that Tyler's building throughout his music. So I think that's a W pick, but I'm gonna bring in something super low key, and you know I fuck with this song hard. This is garbage, bro. Nice. Off of the GTA 5 track list, and this is on the Fly Low FM's channel on GTA 5. If you guys want to check it out, if you're ever playing online, and what's cool about this song is that. It's low-key, like, some of his best writing I've ever heard from the early days, especially for the context of the song. So, basically, the way that Tyler describes the song is, this is a song that feels like being a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like a drug dealer when I'm listening to this song. And, like, <laughs> I was super creative when I made it in the studio that night. And I was like, oh, fuck, I never really looked at it like that. But then once you start getting into the verses, bro, just the, the like... It's almost Eminem-esque, if that makes sense to you. It almost reminds me of sort of like a role models, bro, where like, you know, Eminem's talking about ripping out like, I believe it's Hillary Clinton's vocal cords and feeding her sherbet, like that sort of vibe. You get that sort of like imagery on this song with like lyrics like Task Force poured into my fortress, found some lipstick, a couple corpses, like all those cool little setups are so original and the beat is incredible, bro. It's just like, you're on a... I don't know how to explain it to be honest. I know, with you. but it's just it's crazy to see that, you know, when you look at early Tyler, it's so obviously inspired by Eminem. And now when you tell someone that who has who hasn't experienced early Tyler, they're like, what the fuck? Tyler's music sounds nothing like an Eminem. So it's cool to see just how much his his sound has changed. And I think that's something that you can realize when you listen to something like a garbage or like a Yonkers where you know, you see how drastically he's improved as an artist, I feel like. But not only that, but there's so much value to it too musically. Like I fuck there is, there is. like I love smoking to this music, bro. Like this really? is really no. Shit. Yeah, that would send shit. me down like a dark no, road, no, no, I feel no, like. No, 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 because it's just so interesting. It feels like you're watching a Quentin Tarantino movie almost. Like that's like and not only that, but I think that's an inspiration for a lot of his visuals. He was talking about that in an interview, how he draws a lot of inspiration from Quentin's like um like, you know, all of the way that he sets up his shots and the way that, you know, the storyline progresses and how everything kind of has like this worm that leads into this worm. So I always found this song interesting. What's cool about the character development is that this drug dealer, as the verses progress, gets more and more violent and every action that this drug dealer talks about continues to get more graphic as this as like the scene progresses. So I always found it super valuable. Always one of my favorites. Definitely a must listen. Yeah, awesome choice. Uh, next up, I'm going to bring into something a bit more current. And I have Forward by Tyler off of Flower Boy. And Fire. this is an interesting one just because it's the first song from the first album where Tyler decided to make music that would appeal to the masses and focusing on songwriting way more. And I feel like up to that point, that was an aspect of Tyler's music that was never the most solid, was never the most concrete, but he decided to sort of put more emphasis on it when it came to Flower Boy. And I remember listening to this for the first time and I was like, okay, I knew we were getting here, but now that we're here, I'm just blown away that he's making these near flawless compositions. And you start off that album, you know, with Forward, which I think is Tyler's best intro, in my opinion. And right off the bat, I'm already debating is this Tyler's best song of his career? And the album just fucking started. So like that first listen of Flower Boy was so special for me, especially starting off with Forward because I was already sort of juggling different thoughts in my head of like, Tyler might fucking change the game and his whole career with this whole album. And well, he did. 
he did, bro. He really flipped the fucking switch. And what's interesting is that I could have brought in See You Again because that's also an important song to Tyler's whole journey because I don't know if you ever saw that video, but there's that video of Tyler sitting in the driver's seat of his McLaren and he's listening to Power 106. Yes, and he hears See You Again is playing yeah. and he starts tearing up and he's like, this is the first time that major radio has included one of my songs. And it was just... It's a full circle moment for Tyler because I was watching this interview and he always said, like, I never wanted to play in the house where everybody is living under. I wanted to always build my own house brick by brick, but I always wanted to be invited to that main house on Thursday nights for dinner. You know, I always wanted to be included and embraced by the masses and songs like See You Again and songs like Forward made that possible for Tyler. And again, this is another one of those songs where Tyler's working with a vocalist and you're just amazed by the chemistry because of how serene and delicate the vocalist is in comparison to Tyler. But um, yeah, I just, I love this song from Tyler. I think it's super well written. So you kind of package this as like a two-in-one, right? You did forward and then you did uh, see you I again, I did see right? you again and forward together. Very yeah. interesting stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree with you. I think Flower Boy has a ton of value. And if you guys ever want to dive into either of those songs, please do yourselves a favor. Also, I mean, like, little, 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 little again, Easter you know? egg, though, if you listen to forward, um, almost every major theme that you'll find within Flower Boy is sprinkled in into forward so that's why it's essential that. too is that it's sort of like the thesis of the whole album if you will so that's very cool interesting. song yeah all right listen i'm gonna go on to my next song and this is awkward on wolf and the reason why i, why I want to bring this in is that especially in the early days i'm not sure if you guys are catching on but i'm starting off with the earliest stuff you're uh, moving first, in I, i'm moving chronologically. Like, yeah chronological order so what's cool about awkward is that this is one of the best like romantic cuts from Tyler's early age and I feel like this is essential to understand what he wanted to do let's say on albums like an Igor or like a Call Me If You Get Lost the whole love triangle and there is a love triangle on Wolf if you pay attention to it and what's cool about this song is that I love the vocal effects that he has throughout the entire song like I do feel like for Tyler's vocals and the way that he ends up shifting them let's say to this more like I would say like he puts like a reverb on them and like they sound a lot lower and a lot deeper I feel like it goes perfect with this sort of euphoric production that kind of plays into it. Plus, what's cool about this song is that it's actually a real song. So um, this is a song about a girl that Tyler used to date in 2007. And this is from Sam's point of view in The Wolf Story. So if you guys want to pay attention to that, go through Genius for it. But not only that, but if you pay attention to the drums, this actually samples the drums from Erica Badu's On and On. The drums pitch was just lowered and distorted. I found that super cool because I never picked up on that. But yeah, I feel like if you want to understand Tyler from a ro from like a romantic standpoint, but early on into his career, yeah. this is a perfect song for you. I feel like it's so interesting that a lot of the songs that we're bringing into this list are love centric. And I want to ask you this: like when we look back on like Tyler's legacy, maybe. 20, 30 fucking years from now, do you feel like that's going to be one of the pillars that defines him as an artist as being that guy, obviously, who's had one of the best evolutions in hip-hop history, but also someone that's been known to have maybe the most interesting love concepts for their songwriting and song creation. I feel like what Tyler's that, as well... That, with, I feel like that does define him. Absolutely. I feel like what he does well with love, though, is that he highlights the tragedies of love rather than always playing into them, if yeah. that makes sense to you. Like, he's kind of the always... The highs and the lows of love, though, I feel is, like. He is, but I feel like for the most part, if you go through something like an Igor, let's say even something like Call Me If You Get Lost, 
kind of always finishes last, which is cool <laughs> to think about it because there's always like this sort of like fuck you at the end of all of his romance. You know what stuff. I think it is? It just it makes it more interesting, bro. It does. You know what I mean? Absolutely. If the guy gets the girl at the end, bro, like who gives a fuck? You it's know like, what yeah, I you know mean? where that's going in the next six months. Yeah. You know? But like if it ever happens, it's like the biggest what ifs. People fall in love with what ifs, and that's what I think Tyler does so well is that everything's open for interpretation and like always building off of each other. And I feel like just like as humans ourselves, like we know how complicated love is, and Tyler's sort of playing into that and he's making this music that's relatable but that's conflicting and um there's just there's so many emotions that he's there able to so pour many. in and so many different ways that he tackles it but um speaking about love my next song is garden shed off of flower Fuck boy yeah and if you're a fan of tyler and you're a fan of the way that he sort of presented himself as an artist over the years you know that this song is maybe the most self-therapeutic song that tyler has ever released in terms of him airing out some of his most personal thoughts and i just i love the metaphor that he sets up within this song of garden shed i love the composition of you know having this guitar riff that's played and sort of being plucked at very slowly then you get these vocals from estelle that are slowly creeping in bit by bit and um the way the track flows together piece by piece is masterful to me and i just feel like it was super powerful as a moment in time to have this rapper who always sort of had this masculine identity to be like, yeah, I'm one of the biggest rappers in the game and I'm openly coming out as gay. For him to have the courage to create a song like Garden Shed, to me, that was one of those sort of wow moments as a hip hop fan. It is. It really is. Because if you're familiar with his earlier work, you know how much of a switch that is. Like that doesn't necessarily make sense when you look at a face value but for tyler and the way that he puts it into his music it was a perfect transition it was it perfect w- because it was incredible it was, what a moment. it's one of the most boundary breaking you know songs in hip-hop to me and i also feel like it showed how he can be both ballsy and purposeful on the same song and that's exactly. why i think it's essential to tyler's catalog it is essential and that was also a massive talking point in 2017 like people were questioning his music completely and saying like and you know what's weird too a lot of people gave him backlash for that and i didn't necessarily understand why i'm like what what do you mean like the guy's showing evolution the guy's coming out and like he's saying how he truly feels about himself and this is absolutely incredible for an artist of his stature especially if you understand his old content matter and what he was in like this is a complete you know 180 it doesn't even make sense and i don't know i just feel like People back then were less accepting of like what he wanted to do, but bro, now over time, it's it's put his career into a whole different motion. Even sonically, like just what he had access to production-wise later down the line, like completely transformed what he was able to do. But okay, before I go into some newer stuff, yeah. I want to start talking. You're, uh, you're going into newer. I'm going into older. That's pretty okay, funny. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about "Party Isn't Over," "Campfire," and "Beamer" off of Wolf. And interesting fact about this song: this is actually Tyler's favorite off of the album. So. I guess if you want to see what Tyler was fucking with the most off of it, this is truly it. And I do feel like for that 10th track position and let's say all of Tyler's albums, this is an essential one because I feel like this is when they start they really start getting serious, bro. Like this is up there with the 911s. Like this is really up there. And I feel like it's an underrated 10th track for Tyler yeah. because when people talk about the Gone Gones and even um let's say Sweet, like there's just People concentrate that on too much on that. I'm People gonna be, I'm going to be concentrating on that I later do too. on. <laughs> I do. I have another one. I yeah. have another one. I'm going to bring oh, you in later. Oh, you brought in two tenths. Okay. I, but you need to. You need to understand the value of a tenth placement song on a Tyler album because 
there on every single one. This is the way that he formatted his albums. And if there wasn't this song, it would break the format. And then would you get a 9-11? Would you get everything else after it? Like, it is a big precursor, you know? Yeah. You could argue that, let's say, the one on Bastard is probably the biggest because it's what started everything off. But musically, and I feel like for what he achieved, this is the best one. And man, like, this it's the is the best really, one. Wow. Oh, okay. absolutely. It's one of the best ones for okay. sure. I, I think it's the most, like, impressive one just because... It has a unique factor. It's three parts. It's not two. It's three different parts. And I believe Frank Ocean is all the way on to like the last part where he has his verse and it's absolutely fucking incredible. But um, this is actually an important song for the Wolf storyline. If you actually want to go into it again, I don't want to reveal too much about Wolf because if I did, I'd probably explain you guys the album by this point for how much Wolf content I brought in. But I mean, regardless though, I do feel like it is a must listen. It's one of his most impressive songs structure-wise, especially with the way each aesthetic bleeds into one another. And I also feel like Tyler was focused when making this track. You go into the writing and the subject matter, you know, this could have been a complete fucking mess. Yeah. This could have been a complete mess because you have three different parts and where are you going to have all of those storylines and conflicting emotions tie into one? But yet you get to the end of Beamer and you're like, this makes sense. This truly does make sense. So yeah. that's why I think it is essential for a yeah, rotation. Definitely one of the standouts off that album. And for anyone that's unfamiliar, you know, we're talking about the 10th song on every, on every Tyler album. And the idea is to have these songs that are multifaceted. And sometimes it feels like it's two songs or three songs blended into one. And sometimes that is the case. Something like 9-11, Mr. Lonely, that was recorded as two different songs. I'm going to be talking about that maybe later down the line. Okay, okay. okay so don't we'll, go we'll, in too much. Don't we'll go in too much. We'll save that convo for a bit later. Um, let me throw it all the way back to Bastard with my favorite song off of that project, and that's Ass Milk. Yeah, And fire. I feel like this song, alongside the majority of Tyler's mixtape, Bastard is definitely disturbing in content, but I feel like... For you to truly understand that error, that horrorcore error of Tyler, this is a perfect place to go to. And this is also the perfect rep representation of Tyler's chemistry with Earl because they're going back and forth all throughout the entire fucking song, spitting a few bars and then passing each other the mic. And they're just like picking up, picking up where the last guy's rhyme schemes left off. And I find that was brilliant. And there's even like this skit 30 seconds into the song where... It's, you can't really tell what's happening, but it's almost as if Tyler is like pinning down Earl until he apologizes for something. And uh, it's cool because if you want to understand the essence of Tyler and Earl, this is the song you have to go to. What's crazy too is that apparently, like, the reason why a lot of the content was so disturbing is that they would be in recording sessions and they would pretty much compete for who could say the wildest shit on a record, bro. That's like, it was hilarious. almost like a fucking competition where, you know, they're trying to make each other laugh and just shock each other by how fucked up they could get with their lyrics. And, um, yeah, I just, I love the, uh, the mix of dark humor and, you know, Tyler just showing to be how goofy of a personality that he could be. And, um, you know, there's there's definitely funny lines in here, like, we the guys you should be scared of, like bad dentists. And you have a 15-year-old Earl here who is just rapping at this elite level. So if you also want to be... Earl was 15? He was 15 when Bastard came out. What? Tyler was 18, yeah. That's crazy to Pretty think about. Pretty fucked up to I never think knew. about. How old's, how old's Earl now? Earl's now 29 or something. Wow, that's crazy yeah. to think about. I never really, I never really thought about that. Pretty crazy. And, 
you know, of course, like we're talking about the Eminem influence is, is obvious. They even like, I think Earl raps about being like the reincarnation of 98 Eminem. And that's just the vibes you're getting on here. That's Great why song. I enjoy them. Yeah. That's why yeah. I enjoy them so much is that if you're into like that horror core, like sort of comedic rap, this is definitely a lane for you. But okay, let me start getting into some modern shit. Well, it's not really modern. This is from 2015 and this is Smuckers on nice. Cherry Bomb. And like, this is an absolutely must listen. Like you cannot not listen to this song. Like, this is in his top 10 songs of all time for me. Like, I, I you think it's his best talk. like collaboration song with other rappers. Forget vocalists, just with other rappers. It could be considered that. I think it, it could definitely be considered as that. But what's cool too is that this song doesn't necessarily have like the richest content matter. Like it's not necessarily supposed to be that, but it's literally all three rappers just fucking rapping their ass off. Like, there's not too much intention behind, let's say, the storyline or, let's say, the overall thematic basis of the track, but if you look at the wordplay and what they're talking about, like, example, Kanye on, like, that second verse, but I feel like Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen at my wedding, they say I'm crazy, but that's the best thing going for me. You can't lynch Marshawn if Tom Brady throwing to me. That's what you're getting on this fucking mm. track, and not only that, but... I think you guys might know this, but this was actually meant for Watch the Throne. The production was entirely meant for Jay-Z and for Kanye. And then last minute, he was like, well, I think this would work well with Lil Wayne. And apparently he started crying when he got in that Lil Wayne verse because he didn't think it was going to come in. So even if you go into like that second part on Wayne's side, um, what's cool is that Wayne and Tyler have this back and forth with each other for a bit of the verse. But when it does merit it, it's super cool because Tyler and Lil Wayne are so different as rappers, but yet they have such good chemistry together together towards the end and i think yeah as far as like collaborations go this is probably his most goaded one for yeah me. didn't someone rewrite a verse for that song like didn't someone hear someone else's verse and it was, was like, kanye Fuck. it was kanye kanye well he didn't rewrite the verse he wrote the verse once he heard it apparently kanye's verse only came in four days before release mm, if that makes shit. sense yeah i think that's what it said on genius so i mean you guys could go check that out if you want to but i mean for the most part this song is fucking amazing, bro. It is amazing. Like, and Lil Wayne sounds so good over this production, bro. It's fucking crazy. Wayne's verse on here or on uh, How Wind Blows? Where are you going? Um, This for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think for this. And not only that, but apparently Tyler also made a lot of adjustments to the production since the Watch the Throne days. Because this was apparently for Jay-Z and Kanye, as I said. But he said he wanted to work on the horn sections and he wanted to make the drums feel a lot more grand. As you can now hear in the original version that came out in 2015. So I think it is a must-listen for anyone. It's Fire. a fucking crazy yeah, song. Yeah, I love that song. It's still to this day one of my favorite Tyler songs. But next up, one of the most underrated Tyler songs, if not the most underrated in my opinion, it's Okra. And Tyler is known for putting out these Lucy's in between albums. You've gotten this with other songs like Group B. You've gotten this with songs like Peach Fuzz and so many others. But this is a, po a song that is just straight to the point, bro. It's a two-minute banger where Tyler's feeling himself. He's getting braggadocious. He's flexing his fucking Grammy nomination for Flower Boy. And to me... A lot of people say that you'll find Tyler's best rapping on Call Me If You Get Lost. To me, his single best rapping performance is probably on this song. That's fact. The, the speeds That's that he's fact. rapping at and just the, the fucking energy, bro. The different flow switches. The fact that he's keeping up with the breath control all the way till the end where you see how raw it is because he starts jumbling up his words and that's when the song ends. 
it just has this freestyle energy to it where um you feel like you're really you're really witnessing tyler in peak form as a fucking rapper and like that's what i think tyler's so good at too is that sometimes when he just doesn't give a fuck and he's just down to rap like it's over like the guy just absolutely rips it apart and that's what he also did on the freestyle four um freestyle if that makes sense yeah. to you like that sort of tyler is really fucking dangerous like you can't play with him when he's in that sort of vibe and what's cool about this fucking single too i remember going back to this in 2018 I was hyped for Igor because, well, I didn't know it was going to be Igor at the time because you're coming off of Flower Boy and you're waiting for the next album. I'm like, oh, fuck, if this is what Igor is going to sound like, <laughs> I'm, in. I'm in. Yeah. This is not what Igor sounds like, but I'm <laughs> still in. opposite. But I'm still in, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, Akra is fucking it's, incredible. It's amazing. And um, it's just, it's also so rare to get a three-verse rap song in two fucking minutes. So if you do want to be blown away by one of Tyler's best rapping performances, I would suggest this. Not only that, but this was a historic moment because this is when Tyler officially said, Odd Future's done. Like really? he, he claimed okay. it. He said, golf be the set, no more OF. And on the hook, I think he's also saying something like, I cut some friends off where they go. So this was like the song where by 2018, everybody knew that everyone kind of focused on their own solo careers. But this officially kind of deaded the era of Odd Future, which is kind it's of sad. True. This what this came yeah. out around that time. That's very interesting. It Thank is. you. You just reminded yeah. me of that. But, but yeah, uh, as you said, those types of singles within Tyler's catalog are so valuable, and this is definitely the best of those singles. But let me go on to the next one, all right? And this is going to be November on Flower Boy, so now I'm going to start getting into more of the Flower Boy and that whole sort of era my favorite yeah. out of his entire catalog. And I think November is one of his most underrated songs, especially from this new era. First of all, this fucking beat is one of the best beats I've ever heard from Tyler, the creator. It is absolutely incredible. Like there's these scattered voices across the entire production. And then you get these beautiful glistening synths that kind of go over it. And you have the thing of Tyler saying, okay, okay like take me back to November, you know? And what's cool about this is that this is a little bit of an Easter egg. Tyler loves November. It's actually one of his favorite months. And every single November, that's when he hosts his festival, Camp Flogna. And Oh, they're hosted in November. I didn't know they're that. They're hosted in oh, November. Shit. And in 2016, before this album came out, he had his biggest festival yet, hosting over 40,000 people. So it was a cool tie-in. But the song is extremely deep. Like, if you really pay attention, this is a song about all of Tyler's insecurities. So I want to take you through some writing. What if I'm hustling backwards? What if my accountant ain't paying my taxes, filling his pockets, and IRS show up asking me the questions I couldn't answer because I was too busy trying to make classics? Boy, I got no motherfucking classics. What if my music is too weird for the masses? And that's basically the song is him going through all of the insecurities he has ever experienced as an artist and as a person on planet Earth. And I find it super interesting as a writing style and technique. Yeah, it's I think it's one of Tyler's deepest and realest songs songs that he's ever put out and you know like you were saying looking at that lyrical subject matter it's mind-blowing just to see that those insecurities and thoughts are what led him to create an album like a flower boy it kind of compares a bit to garden shed in a couple of different mm. ways where he's coming he's coming from a different perspective but they're kind of accomplishing the same thing of him airing out his emotions and talking about things that are super important to him and making you understand where he's coming from on a personal level so i think 
people often pay attention to the 9-11s and even the garden sheds on Flower Boy, but people have to pay attention to the Novembers as well because I feel like they talk a lot about Tyler's personal life and what motivates him to be a musician. You think it's his most personal album, Flower Boy? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so too. From what I've listened to, absolutely. Call Me you If have... You Get Lost is maybe No, it's place. still not there. It's from a different state. I feel like that's more of like a meditative, like OG sort of, I, like mogul Tyler, if that makes sense to you. You know, this is really like him back against the wall but he just broke up underneath the concrete and now he's fully that flower boy like he's really there you can't ignore him anymore yeah no i'm just saying you think would rank second because igor is definitely not personal personal whatsoever i mean well maybe it is if like the storyline interconnects into his life yes but i'm just saying like the way that he's portraying the character and sort of like the murder incentives and speaking of that that's my next song is new magic wand then um this is a must listen if you're a tyler fan because this is Tyler's favorite song from his own damn catalog. So you have to be invested in it. And the, what's, what Tyler said about it is he said, it's so Tyler, everything I've attempted in one executed perfectly. And this song is pure fucking chaos, bro. And I absolutely love it because you have this very dark beat. You have this distorted synth note that's kind of carrying you out throughout the whole track. You have Tyler's ad libs. He's shouting. You have these banging drums and... Tyler is playing around with also a bunch of different voices here, which makes it super exciting because of how dynamic he's sounding. And this song sees Igor slowly convincing himself that the best way for him to be as close to his lover as possible is for him to actually murder the woman in the picture. And I feel like that whole concept of how jaded our minds can get when we are in love and we're so sort of captivated and enamored with someone how sort of wild things can go Mm -hmm. mindset wise i feel like he captured that so well and i just love the fact that this was placed in the middle of igor like this was sort of an energy picker upper that you needed amidst these slower love songs and uh yeah i just i love the fact that he's playing with different conventions and you know, even playing with his own conventions in the, in the sense that he's pitching up his voice. And usually when Tyler, like, pitches up his voice, it's to sing. But in this case, he does it to rap, which I found really unique. So oh, it's definitely one of the best off of Igor. Like, yeah. as you said, you know, I was also going through a lot of different lists and seeing what people were saying were Tyler's best song. Just to understand where the community's at. It's always interesting. And um, a lot of people put this up there like, as one of his best. Like, this was always included in a top five, which I find interesting. So, yeah, it's absolutely essential. And this was one of the songs, especially in 2019, that really made me gravitate towards the album. Like, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't like was, it at first. I really liked it at first. Took like I like time, how, bro. I, I liked it. Beca- it took me time, but I liked it at first. Like This was something that I really enjoyed in comparison to the rest of the album, but speaking about um, Flower Boy, going back to my previous song, because then I'm going to be going into Igor, I want to talk about 9-11, Mr. Lonely. Okay? Fire. Like, this is this is essential. I, I can't go around this. I mean, you have to listen to this song. Um, it's absolutely incredible because I was talking to Luke. I, were we talking about this in this recording about how like he does this with his artistic technique where he talks about super dark shit but has this super uplifting production? Yeah, this is basically what he does, like at his best, to yeah. be honest with you. And um, what's cool about this song is that maybe for the second part, Mr. Lonely, you expect things to get better, but they only get fucking worse. And the production just gets darker and like you start to realize, oh shit, like this is really going downhill, you know? And this is probably one of Tyler and Frank's best collaborations over the years, in my opinion. And I like what he does with American Gangster here. I'm not sure if you ever picked up on this. So on the second part of Mr. Lonely, he says, they say the loudest in the room is weak. 
That's what they assume, but I disagree. I say the loudest in the room is probably the loneliest in the room. Mm. And basically, this pays back to the first line and quote by drug dealer Frank Lucas back in American Gangster. He said the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. And then after that, if you go through the rest of the movie, you get the Russell Crowe's part, who's the lawyer and who's you know going against Frank Lucas. And he says, the number one fear of people isn't dying, it's public speaking where Tyler puts in the public speaking aspect to it as well. So that was a cool Easter egg throughout the writing too. And I just, I like it when Tyler's vulnerable. Like I like it when he speaks his mind because it allows you to understand all the tip, like types of different flaws that make him perfect and that make him the artist that he is. And he's low-key showing you how he takes all of this insecurity and all of this pain and drives it into his art. And how it feels like he's taking all that passion and all that hurt, but he's expressing it through some of the brightest and most beautiful music you'll hear throughout the rap genre. So that's why I really enjoy this song. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing to me, like how articulate and how experienced Tyler sounds when he's making these these love songs, just because he has so much insight and it's almost as if he's been through every single motion that you can be in when being in a romantic relationship and you're like holy fuck like he must have dated a hundred people bro for him to have this much insight or you know maybe he's sort of picking up stories from people around him and maybe not all of them are personal to him whatever um, it is just deliver whatever it is yeah. yeah it's it's always fascinating but i'm gonna throw it back to cherry bomb with my next pick and uh, i feel like yes sir this is probably the most underrated song that i brought from my entire list and this is find your wings and um, the reason why I feel like song this song is fantastic is because this was the first song that I listened to and I'm like, this is fucking amazing because Tyler should get more respect as a producer. And this was sort of a, an emotion I had around that 2015 mark where there wasn't that much of a narrative about Tyler being that DIY artist that can do everything on his own. But I love this song so much just because it's more production heavy than it is performance mm -hmm. heavy. And I also love the collaboration that he has with Roy Ayers, who is one of the most legendary soul artists of all time. One of the biggest influences on Tyler's Start modern day, day production. Off with this song. And this song, this bro, you have, song, yeah. you have that vibraphone that's coming in. You have this jazzy atmosphere that's being set up with the saxophone, with the soulful synths. And um, yeah, I just, I love the fact that he dedicated the song towards one of his biggest talents, which is producing, like I mentioned. Then also, I feel like the, the actual message of the song is super powerful about finding your wings and about finding that thing in your life that really drives you to create and to be joyful and not only that but Kaliuchis has her first collaboration with Tyler and her vocals are stunning as always the notes she's hitting are impeccable and it's just one of those songs that is overhated or maybe just underrated because no one talks about it it's definitely one of the most underrated in the context of a cherry bomb that's for sure like when you got to talk about the rest of that track list it's also a nice break if that makes sense to you because the album's very brash it's very in your face mm. and this is a lot more soothing of a listen like as i was saying before this is a song you start your morning off of. Another you know? reason why it's essential is because it serves as one of those bridge songs in between the old Tyler era and the Flower Boy yeah, era. It's really you know? cool. And you find that split actually within the album. Like you could low-key hear it through the types of productions that are implemented within um, the Cherry Bomb tracklist. That's why I feel like Cherry Bomb is an underrated listen as a whole it just is. because it's him really going everywhere and anywhere, but 
it's a transition into what's going to come next for him. It's you know? almost the most essential Tyler album in the sense that you wouldn't get the Flower Boy Igor era if it wasn't for Cherry Bomb. Like, you needed those growing pains of Cherry Bomb to get to that beautiful place we got and to. And you're getting remarkable songs on that track list. But let me go on to Igor, right? Then I want to go to A Boy Is A Gun off of nice. this track list. And what I like about this song is that this kind of shows you the Kanye influence to Tyler's music. Because if you know the sample that's used for this song... It is actually... Isn't it the Bound sample? It, it is the Bound sample. It? It's, yeah. it's Ponderosa's it's Ponderosa, Twins Plus One's Bound. And the sample is absolutely incredible throughout this. And this is one of the more softer cuts off of Igor. And that's what I like about Igor is that there's a soft touch to it. It's a lot more um, soothing of a listen in comparison to a Cherry Bomb or a Goblin or anything else in his catalog. And what's cool about this too is that, you know he started going into like his bisexuality and like what he was going through with, you know, his lover that was on the side and, you know, how he feels like a boy holds the same power as a gun and how he feels like being in a relationship with a boy is the same thing as being a gun owner and playing those sort of parallels. And then I'm like, bro, that's cool because Nas did the same thing with I gave you power. And it's like, well, if I'm valuing that, well, I got to value this now, you know? And what's cool is that talking about garden shit, would you have a song like this without a garden shed? Mm. You don't know. That's why these things are important. And for Tyler, too, like, I feel like this is a top-tier song on the whole album. Like, this is really one that has stuck through my rotation. Um, the way that the sample plays such a dominant part within that entire hook was genius, and it's a perfect song in it's my opinion. It's crazy, because, like, he utilized that sample so differently than Kanye did. Like, I remember when first hearing it, like, I didn't even know it was uh, it was the bounce sample. I couldn't pick up on it, to be yeah, honest with I you. Yeah, I couldn't pick up on it either. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's a legendary moment within his career. And um, if you want to understand Kanye's influence on Tyler, this is definitely a song where you'll be like, okay, I understand now, you know? So... That's why I had to bring it in for today. Yeah, it was a great pick. Um, the last song that I want to talk about from my list is actually another two-parter, another 10th track off of a Tyler album. In my opinion, the best one. And this is Gone Gone slash Thank You off of Igor. And this song is, is fucking amazing just because even though it's split up into two songs, it almost feels like it's split up into three songs because you start off with Tyler having this very juvenile, high-pitched singing. Um, you know, that, that vocal effect that he uses throughout the whole album. And... I love the, so the sort of singing style he has at the beginning because he sounds like a kid who just lost his first love, and that's sort of amplified by the simple lyrics. And because he extends the gone on the singing. Yeah. And that's what I feel like is so intriguing for the start of the track is that it starts off with like such a high voltage point, and then you're locked in for the rest of it. Because think about that. Like, if people are going to start sleeping after the first minute of a nine-minute like minute song— Where's the value within that? Like, people are not going to be going through it. Yeah. So Tyler's also really good at doing that. He grabs your attention when he starts off a track. That's it. And what's cool is that it's like some other songs we were talking about. It feels bright but bleak at the same time. You have CeeLo Green on the hook, too, which I only knew, again, because of Genius, because the way that the vocal effect is used, you can't really tell a difference that it's not Tyler singing that portion. So that was really cool. Then you get Tyler rapping, and it just it's sort of like this Igor sandwich of the singing Tyler with... The, the rapping Tyler in the middle, and then the other bun is Tyler singing once again. But it's just, it's cool to see the evolution of the mindset of someone who is sort of accepting the, uh, the, the loss, but also still grieving over it versus that mindset of like just being thankful for the time he had with his lover. So I think that it really wrapped up, um, you know, the sort of progression of that Igor character super well. It did. 
It really did. And as you said, it's definitely one of the strongest like duo tracks that he has in his catalog. Those tenth tracks are fucking good. I want to say that. They're key to to his album. Absolutely. Like they're some of the most important songs he's ever put out. But let me end off the episode today on one of his most recent songs, actually, and that is Sorry Not Sorry on Call Me If You Get Lost, the estate sale. So the deluxe that he put out this year and Honestly, I, I do feel like this is easily one of his most important songs up to date just because it wraps up everything. Like, this is at the end of the Easter egg, you know? This is him saying, like, all of the stuff that I did before this, you know, whether it was a cherry bomb and you see the character in the video with the mask, or whether it's Flower Boy, or whether it's Sir Bordelaire, or whether it's Igor himself, like, Whatever I was, I am no longer that. And I'm going to kill each and every single one of those people. And what's cool, too, is that if you pay attention to the way that he starts off the song, he talks about, you know, just the relationships that he had in his life and how he feels like he's disappointed a lot of people in his life. But he says, fuck that. You know, I had to do me and I was going through my stuff. So, example saying sorry to his mom for the four minutes that they spent together. He's like, those four minutes that we spent together feel like a chore. Or example, the friends that I used to have, if I didn't start getting egotistic with my pen, who knows where this might end. You know, like just those sort of little things were like, whoa, that's chilling. You know, because now he's giving you the bird's eye view of everything that led him up to this point of being Tyler, the most dominant artist in the game right now. You know, the one that's Loki looked at as flawless right now someone that was so scrutinized at the beginning of his career and that was seen as a joke rapper but now is seen as one of the biggest geniuses that this genre has ever seen and I find that to be fucking incredible and not only that but this is going to be a pivot point into something else we Mm -hmm. might be hearing in the future so I can't confirm that. I mean, I'm recording this in 2023, but for the most part, bro, I think this is going to be an essential one in his catalog. I think it will be essential, and I think that it's just one of the most defining Tyler songs in the sense that that whole idea of him killing off the previous versions of himself and, you know, sort of hyping us up towards a new era, that just perfectly represents him because... You know, without change, you remain stuck. And that's sort of the model that Tyler's carried out throughout his whole entire career. And um, what's interesting, too, is that I was watching a recent interview from Tyler and he said how he hasn't, you know, hit his ceiling yet. He hasn't made that perfect album yet. And he's still chasing perfection or whatever perfection is to him. So I think with that being said, it's going to be very interesting to see which era Tyler leads us into next because up to this point, he's only gotten better and better as an artist. And to think about how long he's been in the game and how he continues ameliorating as an artist... It's mind-blowing, and I'm just I'm happy to be here for the ride, as I'm sure you are too. Bro. Oh, absolutely. It's been a pleasure to be able to see Tyler's evolution. So yeah. I think that's going to wrap up today's episode, guys. 20 different tracks for your rotation. Let us know how you liked them in the comment section. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, if you do leave us a rating, it would be much appreciated. Thank you guys for the recent support on the audio podcast. We're looking at the retention charts on some of these audio podcasts, and it's fucking crazy. Like, you guys are really here sticking it out throughout the entire podcast, listening, and just enjoying what we have to say about our music rotation so this was a super fun one to do lou any last uh any last words just appreciate it for all the support guys and uh, as we always say if you guys have any suggestions for who you want to see us do this series for the next time or any audio podcast suggestion let us know thank you guys so much and we'll catch you on the next one